Blog Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting. With views not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Here's to an awesome day. It's going to be a fun one, so get ready. This will be your day to really touch life for the first time in a way you may have never done before. It's your day to open doors as a gift just for your soul. Our guests can do that. Tiffany Crossara is an award-winning facilitator, award-winning TV intuitive, and an award-winning author of The Transformational Truth of Tarot and the Transformational Truth of You, The Magician's Journey. That was just published September 25th this year. And in a moment, we'll find out just how Tiffany ignited this journey in her life. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. And uh, we are so grateful for Tiffany joining us today because she's calling all the way from the U.K. And... uh, Taz, not only is she an author and a, an intuitive, she, she's a coach and a teacher. So we're going to get our teeth into that today and find out more about the tarot and, and uh, how that works and how we can bring it into our lives. Welcome, Tiffany. Hello. Thank you so much uh, for having me, Taz and Paula. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you... Uh, you were led to the tarot? Oh, gosh, yeah. Okay. Um, So I first came across the tarot when I was the ripe old age of four. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they were lying on my mum's living room floor and they were in the most amazing colours because it was back in the 70s when everything was really psychedelic and it was this deck called the Alfred Douglas deck which was lots of lime greens and vivid purples and really really brightly colored and so it felt so alive it it felt like um, I guess you know when you're a child and you play with your toys on the floor and they come alive and this these ones had even more dimension even though they were 2D in a way, and they were flat rather than my other toys. Um, and that's kind of where it began, really. It was just that moment. I will never actually forget it. It was just like, you know, when maybe you meet someone for the first time in your life and you suddenly have that kind of, oh, I've known you before feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so... You know, that's what happened to me at four with the the tarot. But I didn't really, I didn't really pursue it. I mean, they kind of disappeared. I don't know if my mum kind of clocked that I'd found them and started playing with them. But they kind of disappeared until I was about 14. And then I found them lying discarded on my mum's bed like a forgotten lover. And I was like, okay, I'm taking them to mine. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. I did. I literally trotted off to my bedroom, spread them out on my bed. And um, uh, what kind of happened from there was a really intense journey about uh, learning about the shadow side and embracing our shadow side and the resistance to embracing our shadow side because you know, most teenagers, and I certainly was no exception to the rule, have some really, really dark stuff going on. Um, And the tarot is just a mirror, so obviously it was just reflecting that back at me, and all I wanted was for it to tell me what I wanted it to hear. So I became very 
obsessive and quite angry <laughs> as um <laughs> as it went on and it wasn't telling me what I wanted to hear so um it kind of wasn't a great uh passage for me really it really did breed a, a lot of negativity and um then that kind of culminated when I was 20 and uh, actually I was 19 and I, I did a reading and I saw in it that I was going to lose my child because I was pregnant at the time. And uh, I thought, right, okay, I'm just never going to do this again. From this moment on, that's it. I'm not doing it ever again. And if I just pretend that this never happened and I don't speak to anybody about this, then it won't happen. So my way of dealing with it was to not deal with it at all and just stick my head in the sand. And then when my daughter was four months old, she did indeed pass. And um, I started telling people, you know, like, okay, well, I, I did this reading and when I was pregnant and I saw that happening... And instead of them saying, oh, well, don't do that again, like I expected them to say, they started to say, would you read for me? Much to my amazement. And um, I started thinking, oh, gosh, well, you know, if I've seen everything that I've seen through this journey, then there's got to be some maybe some reason for that if people are asking me to read again and, and how do I do it so that it is a good experience? How do I do it so it's empowering? And uh, that led me on to actually finding a teacher instead of just reading from books and meanings um, because I think with reading from books and meanings, what can happen is it's like... Okay, it's like you haven't met someone, yet you hear about them from all these other people, and all of those projections build up the more and more and more that you do that. And then when you actually meet them, you can't see them clearly, you can't form your own relationship to them. And uh, what actually happened with this course is it, it helped me to meet all the characters in the tarot properly for the first time, and build my own relationship to them and mm. get to know them, yeah? Like, um, we all have a positive and a negative. We all have a light and a dark. And uh, it's about embracing all of who we are. And it's the same with the tarot. Once you can really embrace that, then you get to see that actually all of those ingredients are necessary to get you to where you're going to and then you never actually fear what it says to you so for instance if I uh, had a reading now where I saw something like that I would actually kind of say okay so why is this here what is it that I need to know about this um, what can I do to make this better and those are the kind of questions that we need to work with with the tarot but quite often we don't. Quite often we um, look at it as a predictive thing and then when those predictions come, whether they're what we want or what we don't want, that anxiety and that attachment is there. And, uh, you know, my journey has been very much about making sure that we can actually work with the tarot for a spiritual development and an internal work rather than the external work that makes us feel in fear or that we have to control things that aren't actually controllable. Yeah, you know, this is really interesting because this morning I spoke with someone and and um, their comment was, this is not normal. <laughs> and, okay. I said, I, and my comment was, it is normal. It's normal that things change. And it seems like people want to kind of keep things as is or so that they can control something. But if their thinking goes outside of the pattern, it's not normal. I mean, it's like, okay, I can't control this. This is like I'm getting older. And um, so it's like 
people don't realize that there is a transition here, and it is normal. And I think transitions are happening faster now than they did a few years ago. Do you agree, Tiffany? Very, very much so. And I really feel as if there is um, a paradox in a way, you know, those kind of, um, like they say, as the light gets lighter, the dark gets darker. And I think there's real, there's this real kind of energy at the moment of people being really up for change and Mm -hmm. also really struggling with it. Um, Maybe more so than ever, but maybe because they're up for change that, you know, we, when you're up for something, then you really feel the struggle, isn't it? Whereas if you deny it or you repress it or you resist it, then you don't really feel any awareness or struggle with it as such because you're not looking at it. It's kind of like what you said about when you were, you know, read the tarot initially. You didn't have any additional questions to ask. And people kind of forget those additional questions are really important to ask. Mm. You know, what is this showing me? Mm-hmm. This, is not, this is not normal. Life is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what is normal? It's interesting. Yeah. You know, I woke up with that thought in my head this morning, and I was thinking, why am I waking up with that thought? I mean, it's part of my everyday life, but why is that thought so strongly in my head? Um, this morning when I woke up and now, of course, you're talking about it being part of your day and you are six hours, seven hours, eight hours, I think, um, yeah, where I was eight hours ago. (laughs) I'm calling from the future. (laughs) I'm always the one. Yeah, so... In that sense, you know, what is normal? There's so many different types of reality, and, and what the tarot is, is it's a, it's just a mirror, isn't it? It's a mirror of where you're at, and it can be used one or two ways. You know, you can, because we're predictive, that's what we are. We get stuck in those patterns, and we can resist that change, or we don't even realize that we need to change, or how to change. We don't even know how to change. There's so many aspects around change and awareness that needs to happen before change can happen and that's where the tarot can be so amazing (laughs) incredibly amazing um around that because what it is 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 the intangible made tangible yeah it's like if you go for any kind of maybe just psychic reading or or mediumship reading or something that doesn't have a a tangible element, it can be so much harder to kind of actually accept in a way. Whereas if you come for a tarot reading and, uh, you know, like people can kind of try and say, well, no, that's not, that's, I'm not accepting that. And it's like, well, actually, you know, the cards are here. It's out on the table. You know, you can see it for yourself. And then they might say, I've had this happen to me before. Well, I, um, yeah, I don't believe it. I don't think the reading's correct. Can we do it again? And I've been right. like, okay, yeah, fine. We can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and so we do it again. And either the same cards will come up or cards that actually say the same. Um, and usually it is the same cards, not necessarily in the same order, but it's enough of them for them to kind of like stop and look and be like, oh, okay, that's actually quite gobsmacking for me. So I think what I'm trying to say there is that I think the tarot is amazing for helping people to see quite clearly um, their patterns because it's a mirror of their patterns. And you can use it one or two ways. You can then say, okay, and make a prediction from that because you can see that patterning. Um, or you can kind of say, ah, okay, so this is your pattern here in this mirror. Are you happy with this? Um, Or do you actually want to kind of change this patterning? And, uh, you know, because if this pattern carries on, the likelihood of X, Y, Z happening, which has happened to you before, which you haven't been happy about, is likely to happen again. 
So let's have a look and see, you know, if you're up for changing this, uh, what possible things we can do to change it. And so like as Taz was saying and you were saying about the uh, questions being really important, that's when the questions around what is it that I need in order to actually break this cycle, what is it I need to learn, Um, all those types of questions are so, so fundamental much more than will this happen or will that happen because you you're just stuck in a pattern anyway you know and that's using it the way for prediction it's not the way to kind of help the change happen which i think we are definitely kind of up for in my belief you know that's what we incarnated here for wasn't it is is to grow is to evolve and if we don't do that what a waste of a lifetime i mean I'm sure we all kind of want to get to that place of ascension and not have to come here any more times than we actually have to, right? Um, Right. So, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting because here here we're looking at how do we step outside the box? Mm -hmm. Does the tarot actually support others and learning how to step outside that box. Can you ask that was going to be my question. Oh, yeah, can, can I ask a question here? Is once you see the pattern, do you lay the cards do you reshuffle the cards and then ask how they can change or how they can shift this? Is that how the reading works? Like Taz says step out of the box. Well, I, you know, it would depend on on what the person, who the person in front of me was, but a it's very much, it's interesting, tarot and coaching actually have um, some similarities. Like in coaching, part of the thing is to explore options. And the more that you can explore options with your client, the more they can step out the box. Um, and the more they allow themselves to do that, the more permission they're giving themselves to make that change happen. So uh, I kind of find it, much more empowering to kind of say to a client okay so what are your options what is it that you want to manifest first which is the goal for instance which again is used in in coaching we have to have a goal um so for instance say like the goal might be to actually be in a relationship that's healthy for instance and then you would look at the reality so actually what's the reality of, of this And that's where the tarot comes into itself as well because it gives you um, more than just the conscious reality. So you could say to someone, well, what's the reality of you making this happen? And they could be saying, well, I've gone on dating sites and I'm doing this and I'm doing that, but I'm just actually still attracting an unhealthy relationship. And that's where the tarot really comes into itself because it can show the subconscious patterning of, of why that is really happening and then from there you can start to know what it is that you're really 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 working with so then the options um become even more real as well so it it might not just be for instance say um if we hadn't have used the tarot the options might just be okay well i need to actually go speed dating as well or i need to increase my social activity or i need to look at um, my hobbies and how I can meet people aligned with what I am interested in. But if you've done a tarot reading and it's come up that, you know, it's something to do with your past and your upbringing as to why this pattern is continuing, then you know that another option for you to do would be to maybe go and see somebody that could help you uh, work through that past issue because that's really the deeper root and it's that that's got to be kind of excavated because if it isn't then everything that you do on a practical level is kind of it's a waste of time because that that energy of how it's being done and where it's coming from hasn't been looked at so in that sense, I think actually exploring options is really important rather than just kind of saying, right, okay, what is the best way forward here? Sometimes that's all that's needed. It depends on 
the person in front of you and, and what you feel at that time. So there's no kind of, at least for me, there's no kind of hard and fast black and white way of reading. I think people but, forget to play. I, I, I've, I, you know, when you, when you go through your day, it's like you're not, you're not um, in the, uh, the mold there to remember to play because everything is so serious. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the creativity gets um, uh, pulled to a fine line instead of the natural flow, and you forget because you're all involved with the situation, and people delve into the past. And they forget to live in the now. It's it's like okay, can we you know look at something a little different, and um, and play with the difference and the and the fun, right, Tiffany? Oh yeah. Oh that 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 is just so crucial. So you know, you're, you're like talking about stepping out the box and playing, and you know that's so crucial, particularly in the options. The more we can play, the more we can allow. And the more we can imagine, and you know, that's also what the transformational truth of you is is very, very, very much about. And actually, so is the transformational truth of tarot, because um, the subtitle of that one is the fool's journey. And of course, the fool plays. That's what he does, and he is out of the box, quite literally, in in a way. You know, he's the only. Um, major arcana in the tarot that actually found its way in from the playing deck as the joker and of course the fool was known very much as the jester or was the jester you know so was the only one that could actually take the peer out of the monarchy and not get beheaded in medieval times (laughs) so the actual power of play and the power of embracing play and allowing ourselves to be that radical, to be that wild, and to be that free, it actually has a power of its own that is so unique and incredible that it actually protects us, and we can actually get away with um, things that the that the people that are conditioned could never do. You know, it takes us places that we could never go. Um, and so, yeah, you've really hit the nail on the head there, Paula, you know, about um, play being incredibly, incredibly important. If we can't stretch our minds to um, open up to what's possible, then, you know, we we will find that change incredibly difficult. Now, when you look at the death card, do you, is that the birth card or... Because... Uh, I could think that you could use it like a a, a rebirth because you're leaving something behind and something new is about ready to happen. Is that how you mm. read it? Or just again, you know. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's that's the thing with all these spiritual practices, isn't it? We try and put certain things in certain boxes with certain labels so that we can kind of. Um, get a grasp on that or explain it or communicate about it. Um, in terms of the way that I I read is, so for instance, I never, ever will do a one-card reading because, you know, to me, the the reality of life is duality, is relationship. Usually I do a three-card reading and what those other cards are will change the meaning of of all of them so they will it's in their relationship that it changes their identity so again i'm you know to say that that is how i read the death card i mean the closest i can get to saying that i read how i read the death card is to be honest death comes when we are so scared of change, so, so scared of change, that life has to change something for us. And so usually it happens to people when they're stuck in an already dead life. Um, In a way, they're living in a morgue and still they fear death. You know, and actually death is their best friend. Death is like kind of 
picking them up and taking them into the new life. So yes, in that sense, it is rebirth. But they, you know, there is this long, slow process <laughs> of uh, dragging them out of the old life or evicting them out of the old life. Unlike, say, for instance, the tower, which is like boom. You know, again, that's new life, but it's done in the opposite way to yeah. death, really. Yeah. Done quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> Very well. It's interesting we say very quickly because it seems it seems like it's been very quick, but actually, if we look at it, I mean, I love uh, using the analogy of sliding doors. It's an English film. I don't know how well known it is in the USA. It's got Gwyneth Paltrow in it. Are you aware of it? No. Okay, all right, well, um, basically it's a film about a woman who um, has, on one level, so she gets sacked from her work, but she tries to get the tube home, and on one level she manages to do it, so in one life she manages to get the tube and go home, and on the other life she doesn't manage to get the tube, and she doesn't manage to get home at the time that she did in the other life and how all of these events kind of play out. But it's all based on um, her being sacked and her boyfriend being unfaithful. So if we look at that as a metaphor, as, as a, some ways that people may find a struggle in their life, and how that works out in the tower, for instance, is say that you're going to work day after day after day and you're not happy, but you can't embrace that change. You can't, you, there's something in you where you're just, you're not able to do it. You're not able to shift. So all that happens is that you complain about it. And then the same for your relationship. It's the same thing. You're kind of in this relationship but you're not happy but you you can't make that change happen for yourself so you complain about it and every time that you complain about it whether it's in your thought and you haven't verbalized it or whether it's in your thoughts and your words but not your actions or if it's all three I mean it doesn't really matter if it's there in some form it's there in some form and that goes out into the universe and the universe hears it so over time, it's like it waits and it waits and it waits to see if you're going to do something. So in that way, it's similar to death, yeah? Um, but it actually suddenly at one point goes, okay, you're not going to do anything, so we're going to do it for you, boom. And so it appears quick, but actually it's not. It's been a long, slow process as well. Um, it's just a quicker, a quicker external manifestation, shall we say. So when you look at why somebody's not moving, hmm. uh, do you go by the, I mean, I know some cards mean emotions, some cards mean uh, mental. So you look to see what kind of card that is to why they're stuck where they're at. I mean, those type of cards like the cups, the swords? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, like swords are, you know, swords represent air, which represent thought. Um, and, of course, I think everything starts at the thought level. So, like, the way that I see the tarot is that the thought comes first, i.e. the sword comes first, and that's linked to the element of air because our thoughts seem to come in through fresh air. And then when we have that thought, it turns into an emotion. Um, and that's where the cups come in. And that's water. So it's something you can feel. And then when that's happened, it goes into the ones, which is action, which is fire. You know, you're, you're actually energetically creating something 
And then that goes into pentacles, which is the manifestation level. And of course, different numbers as well represent different parts of the cycle and different energies of whether it's flowing or whether it's stuck. So you would take that into consideration as well as uh, the major arcana. So for instance, sometimes it looks like people have got really positive major arcana and the major arcana is like the big cards, uh, just just in case I'm losing people. The major arcana is the 22 archetypal cards in the tarot that are basically, they track your journey from the fall, which is the very first card around to the world, and it's all about the spiritual evol- evolution, and that's what makes the tarot different from an oracle deck, for example, because... Um, for a deck to be called tarot, it has to have the major arcana. And the major arcana is about the the spiritual reason that the things on the earth or your life are happening the way you are. So what you're talking about in terms of swords and cups and wands and pentacles, those are all how it's playing out on the earth. So I would take into account what the major arcana are doing because it's like they pull the strings of the minor arcana so you see the major arcana as puppeteers and the minor arcana as puppets Um, and sometimes it looks like a positive major arcana like the sun it's pulling uh, the the not so seen as positive although everything is neutral Um, cards of like the ten of swords for instance But to me, that would show me, because it's a 10, that it's coming to the end of the cycle and the the sun is dawning or the sun is growing. So there's so many, they all play, like you say, they all play and the more that you can allow them to play and create and dance and move and breathe and interact with each other, yeah, the more that you get to see what that individual's karma is and and how that really comes alive and what that really means for them in that sense. I, I, Tiffany, I kind of um, looking at all of this because there's some part here we've gone through that people might not quite understand if they yeah. don't understand the cards. But I you know, you're looking at, I I think anyhow, you know, you're looking at the, the spiritual progression of one's soul and how it can be handled um, to give them a journey that they would enjoy going through. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, as we get older, I, I think it's really important for people to experience that um, because if not, life becomes mundane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, is that right? Oh, that's a really interesting thought. Again, one that's been in my head all day. So. <laughs> thinking these are interesting thoughts. I don't remember thinking about them as much um, before today. I had indeed been thinking about, wow, you know, life becomes mundane. Um, and I guess maybe that happens the, the older you get. So when we look at the, the child energy, the child is so present in the now, it's so carefree, and it just has this amazing imagination. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing ability to play. And then as we get older, you know, that goes, and maybe it, maybe it does go more and more, I don't know. Maybe we do revert back to our childhood more, as well as we get older. Um, I don't know, because I'm not there yet and of course I'll only be able to speak from my own experience but in terms of um, if we look at the tarot in terms of the journey of life and 
the fool's journey is very much what it's about. So neither here nor there about the cards. Um, what we can grasp is that there are 22 cards in the tarot, and they are called the major arcana. And it starts with the fool, which is the child. It, it represents the newborn energy. And, you know, I've spoken about how also, if we can keep that throughout our life, how amazingly powerful that is. And I think that's what you're kind of asking me to kind of, um, you know, make clear for people. And I, I do believe that actually the fool's journey, because that's what it's called, the journey of the soul in the tarot is called the fool's journey. So it's like the fool goes through all of these different lessons to mature yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but actually... Yeah, yeah, the nurturing, the nurturing side. We forget to nurture ourselves daily. And if we don't do that, if you get caught up in the mundane aspects of what every day is about, I think you, you, um, um, you, you know, you're just, you become like, for, for lack of a better word, uh, blasé. Asleep, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secondly, to depression, really, because if you if you're not getting any excitement or play in your life, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that could make. Yeah. You... So I mean, do you do I, daily? Do I do daily? Do you do are you going to say do I do daily readings for yourself? No, um, I I um. I've learned to read life. So, you know, the, t- the tarot is the book of life. Um, and, you know, the way that, that, that I really work with tarot now is to actually, as a guide, lead people through the fool's journey. So, um, like you say, what's really, really, really important in life is remaining awake, remaining playful. Um, but in order to do that, sometimes we have to be asleep in order to know the, the difference <laughs> of how it feels. Yeah, um, yeah, the opposite end. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you get two stages in the fool's journey, like uh, the devil, for instance, um, which is basically unconsciousness, yeah? So that's like as asleep as you can possibly get. But as I was saying earlier uh, about the card, the tower, yeah, the tower is the very next step in in the numerical order of the major arcana. And it's basically the strike of enlightenment and it wakes you up. It's that wake-up call. But if we can actually see the fool's journey as um, the rhythm of life, Mm. And we actually live by it in a way that we can see those archetypes playing out in our day-to-day life. Then we don't yeah. actually need to do a reading because all that's going to happen if we do a reading is put those cards down and they're going to be there. And actually, we already knew that anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, the fool, too, I would think... Um, can make you grateful or awake of what is does make you happy. Be grateful for it. I mean, and so instead of being mundane about happiness, I mean, uh, let me see an example. Uh, I like to walk, you know, take my dog okay. for a walk. But that mm-hmm. becomes, and it brings happiness to me, but it becomes mundane. And I don't realize mm-hmm. it does bring happiness. So I think maybe we need to be grateful and to bring it alive again. Yeah, now, now that's interesting because I massively, massively believe in the gratitude practice as a um, very powerful healing tool, um, you know, for depression, as you're just saying there, and also um, anxiety. So, like, for instance... If I can't sleep at night, I know it's because I'm worrying about things. And 
the minute I just start doing a gratitude practice, I'm asleep. <laughs> so, you know, it's not possible to kind of worry about something and be grateful at the same time. So it diminishes worry, anxiety, depression. I've never actually thought about the aspect of gratitude in terms of the tarot, which is fascinating. Obviously, there's there's archetypes in there that it would talk about that. But in terms of did I actually link the fall with the practice of gratitude or did I actually link the tarot with the practice of gratitude? That's not been consciously in my mind. And it's just fascinating, isn't it, how we all see different yeah. aspects of things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love yeah. your words, the rhythm of life. Oh, wow. That, those yeah. three words are amazing. You talk about the spirit engine optimization. You, <laughs> I love those words. <laughs> well, I guess it's what you were saying about mundaneness, yeah, you know, and how we can get so caught up in the, the mundane. And obviously, you know, you have an amazing website and, you know, you must have um, a lot of, you must know a lot about how, you know, those getting all of that going um, can feel incredibly mundane and really all we want to do is connect with each other like we are doing now and uh, explore and experience. But in order to make that happen, the amazing amount of mundaneness that can go on, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like that's 99% of it in a way. Um, yes. I actually became ill the other week and... Uh, I had to just let my bus just let my business go for a few days, and it was an amazing reminder to get out of the way because everything flowed much better <laughs> than um, than when I was trying to make it happen. So yeah, on my site, um, I say that spirit engine optimization, everything that I've kind of achieved in my life. Uh, I say everything, maybe that's a generalization, but a lot of the magic in my life has actually happened because there's been space for that. So I was reading a book by Robert Holden the other day, I think it's called The um, Success Intelligence, and he's he's a great one for planning. And when he met his wife, and they did some lists of like the next few years and she was just completely shocked and panicked because she said my god you've booked up every day for the next (laughs) five years like how can god do anything with your calendar (laughs) (laughs) and so leaving space for the magic to happen is uh crucial isn't it yes yeah yeah that is you know you you have to tell us really um how this latest book of yours um, is the transformation truth of you, transformational mm-hmm. truth of you, the magician's mm-hmm. journey. When you were developing that book, um, was what was the most pronounced thing in your life, and maybe an aha that went along with that book as you developed it. Well, so that's, that's a really interesting um, question. And uh, what was going on in my life at that time was a very, very intense karmic journey, um, actually. Karmic or common? <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say definitely not common, but I expect it is common. I think we do all have a karmic, was the word, journey no so i didn't mean karmic. common I, I didn't mean karmic i didn't mean common i meant comic c-o-m-i-c oh, comic <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean um, yeah the, there's that the as well <laughs> the oh god yes yeah, so i was <laughs> <laughs> so i guess you could say all three of those comic comic <laughs> common um it was a it was a very very transformational time in my life. Maybe one of the most 
transformational times, interestingly enough. Um, and I hadn't actually really put two and two together until you've actually asked me, you know, that very question. And that's why those questions that, you know, you guys are also saying it's really important to kind of have those right questions to get those aha moments. Um, so, yeah, it was an incredibly karmic, comic and common transformational time of my life and the aha moments. Um I think I'm still working on the aha moments and the the biggest aha moment that I'm always having to come back to remind myself of is about being open, about um, not pushing things, about... Okay, so the transformational truth of you is very much about how to uh, actually receive the uh in order to know your purpose in order to feel that you are actually here on the earth so you could look back when you're old and gray and go actually you know I came here to do what I was meant to do and transformational truth is about um aiding people to actually work with the universe in a way that they they get aligned with their purpose so it is very much like the law of attraction but it's it's got a kind of twist to it in a way where it's talking about the need to actually also look into your own karmic story and where you come from um, rather than just looking at what it is that you want to manifest for the future which again is something we've just spoken about about with the tarot you know and how the past patterning is so kind of fundamental in order we have to see that in order to be able to kind of go forward so in that sense I think my biggest aha moment is about once you've got that kind of identity process quite clear because I've probably spent way too long actually um looking into the past and getting quite stuck there um and also control being in control like my birth card is the chariot so my numerological number is a seven and and the number seven in the tarot is the chariot and the chariot holds on to things and it goes full pelt at things and it's very active and you know I, it really needs to find the balance. It really needs to find the the very key balance between receiving and then acting. And uh, the whole book is around that. So I'm still on that journey. So in that sense, the aha moment is something I have to keep coming back to again and again. It's like a whole retraining that actually there does need to be space and amazing things have happened. Amazing things have happened in my life that aren't from a logical process, that are because I've been a channel in some way. I've been open to the universe in some way for it to come through. And I think what the transformational truth of you is about is is kind of talking about how that has worked or how that's manifested itself for me and, and how other people could actually tune into that but a key thing is grace grace is the biggest chapter in the book and they say that you teach what it is that you really need to know so on that level my aha moment is still happening (laughs) so you have a you use numerology quite a bit in your work now i am a three what would a three be so your three is deduced from what number? Uh, my or birthday. Or is it just a three? When I add all my numbers together and it comes yeah. down to a three, it was, yeah. Okay, when you add all your numbers together, it's not that it comes out as a 12 first, for example. It just comes out as three. Right. Okay. Right, I, yeah. All right. Okay. So... Well, three's very, very creative 
So it's the number of growth. Um, so if you if you look at you know being able to create a child, the child is the third. It comes from two, and a third is produced. So three, in that sense, is like the energy of creation. At least in the way I see it, it would be interesting to see how Taz sees it because there's the numerology there. But um, in terms of the tarot, it's the Empress. And the Empress is Mother Earth, yeah? So that is creation. That's the whole of creation in terms of our world that we see anyway, our physical, tangible world. And so what you were saying about nurture as well and abundance and having what we need and growth and being able to grow. But three can also be quite unstable. So if you look at... Four, for example, um, what we have in this world, this world is made of four. So we have the three in the Mother Earth, in the natural world, but in the man-made world, you know, we sit in rooms with four walls. We go to bed on something that has four legs. We sit on a chair with four um, legs and at a table with four legs and we drive cars with four wheels. So in that sense... And threes are kind of, in a way, they're more feminine. They're not so masculine. They're more into the the flow of things. But it's not always easy to actually have a beginning and an end. So another way that you could see that, again, I'm going to be talking about UK here. I don't think this, I've never been to the USA, so forgive me uh, for not knowing. But here in the UK... You know, we had, um, uh, before the Romans came, we had a lot of flowing curvature, curved roads that really respected kind of the earth and really flowed with the contours of the earth. And it didn't matter how long it took to get from A to B. It was all about part of that flow and part of that rhythm. And then the Romans came and boom, it was, you know, stop that. we'll have the quickest route, thanks, in a straight line going from A to B. And that's kind of what you have in the tarot. You have the empress as, as number three. And then you have the emperor. And if you think of the emperor and you think of Rome, you know, and you've got that, that A to B route. So threes can kind of lack that that A to B clarity of things and have this beautiful, organic magical growth and creativity is that how you feel about yourself Mhm. yeah exactly <laughs> okay <laughs> i just kind of like sometimes i just i i allow things i just have the opening just to allow allow it to happen instead mm-hmm. of you know i don't go from straight a to b but anyway yeah I like to take the I like to take the uh, what do they call it the uh, the the uh, beautiful route. <laughs> you like to take the no, my, scenic route. Yeah, the scenic route. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, um, you know, basically, you know, if anybody at home, you know, wants to do that, all they need to do is add up the numbers and. Uh, of their birth date and then pop into the internet and kind of look at what number tarot card that is and, and that will give you guys, you know, it'll give you the the birth card. It's basically the archetypal energy you're working with, as you were just saying, Paula, about being a three, you know, um, and it just really helps you to see what your identity, what your what you're really, what your gift is in a way. So it does help you to know your purpose and your transformational truth of you as well in that sense. Tiffany, I don't know um, the tarot cards, so I'm a six, a 15 mm-hmm. six. Can you just give me the name of the tarot card? So, yeah, the name of the tarot card is the lovers. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, so the lovers is, I mean, most people see the lovers as 
it, that it's about love. It's not really. It's um, like in some decks, it's called the choice, which I think is a better name for it, really. Um, but it's it's depicted as the lovers, really, because on the card itself, we see Adam and Eve. Um, ah. But of course, Adam and Eve, you know, there was a choice. There was the choice around, do I eat the apple or not? And that's where, you know, the fall from grace happened. And, you know, we were given free will. And then we have that question about, is free will a gift or is it a burden? Which is exactly what we've been speaking about, you know, our ability to choose um, uh, in our life, to be awake, to change, to not, you know, and on all of the power that we have around that. So for you, it may well mean that you find yourself in quite a lot of strong situations where you're you're kind of stuck in a way between... Um, responsibility and duty and actually what your heart desires and you know that kind of that choice element yeah yeah Mm. absolutely we're coming around the corner and i just want to say something thank you so Mm. much for everything and i and you have a quote on your website that i love and i just want to let people hear it because it's beautiful it says don't ask yourself what the world needs ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go and do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive and that's mm. a quote by Harold Howard Washington Thurman mm. um, that's a beautiful quote I just think it just so apropos for you that's, know for like spiritual the- progressions yeah and that's been the theme of our, our, our talk today. I mean, talking to Tiffany, that's kind of been our theme. Um, let's give out Tiffany's website because there's a lot for people there. Right. So it's Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. Her last name is Crosara. It's C-R-O-S-A-R-A. Crosara, is that right? Crosara, you had it right, yeah. Crosara, okay. <laughs> Tiffany Crosara, dot co that's co dot uk and again well it's we, we can actually get it from dot com i found out while i was looking at her website yeah it's either yeah absolutely oh either great okay so <laughs> tiffany dot com tiffany this is so special to have had some time with you today we thank you for taking the moments out of your life and and adding the blessings and blossoms to our life as we listen to you. Um, it, it was really and, very special. Tiffany has and a class Paula. Sorry, what were you saying? I was going to tell everybody you have a class coming up in November where you'll teach people how to read the tarot. So that's on your website. Yeah, that's, that's right, absolutely. Um, like I was saying about the Fool's Journey and the Rhythm of Life and actually stepping into the tarot so it comes alive in your life and you get to read it at that level. That's what it's about. But I have um, a mini free taster as well, uh, which you should be able to find on there somewhere. It's called the 22 Pathways to Liberation. I think it's on the home page. And that's a free taster so you can really kind of get to experience what it is that I'm talking about at a deeper level but you know what thank you it's been really lovely to connect with you both you've got really really gorgeous energies and i think it's amazing isn't it that three and six it's like a kind of um accentuation or a building of that beautiful creative energy because you know six being twice as three so you've got that foundation and that expression and experience of uh you know the spiritual kind of pathways of life that you see in the lover's card with Adam and Eve and the earth that it's on. So, yeah, those energies really come forward in both of you, and I've really enjoyed connecting with you both. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to your listeners in the USA. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Tiffany, for calling all the way from the UK. So we <laughs> loved having you. <laughs> I loved it too. All right. Well, I Bye-bye. wish you a very good day. 
Thank you. Blessings. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.